0: You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Week Ahead Podcast with Chuck and Rachel. Um, I think we've talked... A lot about the member drive in the last week, but Chuck, do you want to offer any thoughts, conclusions, uh, reflections on last week?
0: <laughs> well, I, I I love our members. They're awesome. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we put, um, we put a lot of work into this and, you know, for us, uh, we go a, a year and there's two weeks during the year when we ask people, uh, to to take a moment and reflect on their relationship with, with us and with the uh, the strong towns movement and it, you know th- there's always I always have this like roller coaster of emotions during that week because building up to it I always feel so um, you know excited like oh but wow we've got all this momentum and this is going to be huge a- and then there's always like disappointment right away because <laughs> there's this like flood of people saying, "Oh yes, I've just been waiting for the member drive week to become a member." Um mm-hmm. but then during the week the momentum always builds and uh we you know have a, a a good a good reaction by the end of the week and and we certainly did. I mean, by Friday we had a, a lot of people signing up. Uh and you know, talking to people and, and interacting with them is, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful week to kind of celebrate what we've done and then celebrate, you know, our members' contribution to that. So I'm, I'm really happy.
1: Yeah. I think it's, um, not really in our nature, you, me, Yuri, Michelle to be like hardcore salespeople. And so we have to step outside our comfort zone a little bit for the stuff that we did last week. Um, you know, of course we love to celebrate our successes at Strong Towns, which all of our members are part of, but to make those hard asks is yeah, it's a little bit of a challenge. So it,
0: it is but you know, I people respond, and I you know, I my board keeps telling me, you know, the, the Strong Towns board members on there keep telling me, you know, you you're you're not like trying to sell something you don't believe in. I mean you're
1: yeah you know,
0: you are And, you know, I'll say all of us have sacrificed for this cause we believe in. And, you know, we're not asking people to to, you know, give what they can't. You know, for the most part, we're asking for twenty five (laughs) bucks. So, you know, just like don't be don't be ashamed. Just go out and, and, you know, let your let your passion for it go. I will say it's kind of fascinating to me. Every member drive, because a big part of our member drive is emailing people and, you know, emailing people with a little nudge like, hey, uh, now's the time to, to do this. And mm-hmm. every member drive, we have a, a handful of people. I think it was like three this time who email. No, which isn't bad. <laughs> no. Well, considering we're sending out like 20,000 emails a day, you know, three is not bad. Um, people who email and complain, like, why are you emailing me so much? Um, you know, we, I really don't I really don't want to get these emails from you. Just, you know, go back to sending me stuff I, I like. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, my 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 response, I always take the time to respond to to those emails. And I just let people know, like, hey, um, we're emailing you because, first of all, you gave us your email address and yeah. you know, said it was OK to email you. Second, you read and listen to our stuff. Uh, and, and third, you continue to open emails that we send you. I mean, if you, (laughs) if you didn't, like, if you didn't interact with our stuff at all, you drop off our email list. Like you will, you will not get emailed and 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 not nearly as frequently. So, you know, Hey, why don't you become a member? I mean, that's the whole reason we're reaching out to you. So yeah, it's, it's one week and we're kind of back to regular programming. We still, we still have the member drive going on kind of under the scenes because, uh, We're a little bit short of our goal yet, but uh, we're going to be, you know, totally back to regular programming until we hit the end of the year.
1: Yeah. And usually I take some time during this podcast to list off all the people who became members, but that list is far too long. Um, But suffice it to say, thank you so much to everyone who, who became a member last week. And if you didn't have a chance, please do it this week. Um, also happening this week, Chuck, you are headed to Texas, one of many Texas events this year, right? Um, oh, yeah. are you, do you have any thoughts about that upcoming event in Bernie,
0: Texas? Um, well, I, I know they're very excited to host us and this one has been one that kind of the date kind of moved around quite a bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited flying into San Antonio. I have to say during the summer, um, it's a lot slower than the fall, uh you know once we hit labor day I'm basically am right now booked to be on the road every day between Labor Day, not every day, every week, at least one night, sometimes two sometimes five uh between Labor Day and Thanksgiving um mm-hmm. in the summer, just because of the schedule, these tend to be very short uh trips, so I'm actually flying into San Antonio really late on Wednesday night and then uh we've got a early morning and uh you know into the afternoon and then I'm flying back Thursday night so I'm I'm actually going to be on the ground like 18 hours which those always seem rushed to me because there's so much mm-hmm. you know to do and to take in um that being said they've sent they've sent ahead some stuff and uh, I'm going to take a look at that and I've been working with Michelle pretty closely on this one because like I said the 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 timing's been kind of a complex thing Uh, I know they're excited, and I I think it's going to be really fun.
1: Let's talk about the post that you wrote this morning about the Brexit. This this weekend, I kind of I tuned out of Strong Towns completely because I was uh, at a family wedding. Usually, I tend to like check my email and stuff on the weekend, but I did remember thinking as the Brexit news was coming in, I hope Chuck writes about this on Monday morning. (laughs) And sure enough, you did with a good. Thoughtful, well reasoned uh, argument. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Sure, I'd, I'd be happy to. And just so we're clear, I, I'm nothing that I've written either on Facebook over the weekend or you know on the post today is arguing either for Brexit or against Brexit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I really, I mean, I, I have some opinions, but I, I it's to me it's not like germane to the whole conversation. I right, just are not British. Or no, family. and we're we're not. Right. We're not the UK. So, I mean, that's their decision, I guess. It, the, the thing that I'm reacting to is the reaction, you know, the mm-hmm. the and it, it really seemed to me to be. And, and I'm a little heightened on a heightened guard here, maybe, too. So I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But it, it seemed like a lot of it was a proxy here in this country for the real dysfunctional conversation we're having in regards to our our national politics. Um, -hmm. you know, one side is elitist and out of touch, uh, distant and bureaucratic. The other side is, uh, you know, racist and xenophobic. And what I really wanted to do, especially for our readers. Yeah. I, I really wanted to kind of try to have people see that, like, look, that, that, there is thought and there is nuance and there is some, you know, some degree of, of logic and understanding. And I, I use the, and I hope this made sense as you read the piece. I I, I started Mm -hmm. with an acknowledgement that I (laughs) know nothing about the African American community. Um, You know, there, there were many times growing up when I felt like issues like, affirmative action and race relations and you know uh, inner city poverty and you know relations with police were all were all very straightforward things and that you know people weren't seeing these right and they were very straightforward to me because you know I grew up in a place where these were very straightforward issues. I mean you respected the police there was not a problem. Uh you worked hard and you know Made made money and got ahead, and you know this all seemed very uh, very clear to me. And then I joined the army. (laughs) I got out in the world. I started to see that well, not every place is like Brainerd, Minnesota. Because there
1: aren't very many African Americans in Brainerd, Minnesota, right? Oh
0: no, not not at all. And you know, I and even where there where there are African Americans here, we don't have the dynamics. Uh, you know, that you would find in other parts of the country. Um, we We just don't. It's a it's a it's a different place. And so, you know, for me, what I've come to understand and realize is that I can't look at these things through my own prism, through my own lens, through my own set of experiences. If I truly want to try to understand what's going on, I have to start out by listening. I have to start out by just kind of acknowledging that. I don't understand and that maybe I, I'm not even going to be able to rationally explain it because my life experience is is very different. I, I think mm-hmm. we can I think we can all kind of grasp that. Right. I mean, I, I think that that makes sense. And I think particularly when we're talking about the experience of minorities in this country, uh, there is a a a broad sense of the understanding that we need a, a lot more. Tolerance and understanding a, a lot more, um, attempts at, uh, listening than we need, you know, lectures and hand wringing and name calling mm-hmm. for some reason, when we, we get out of that prism and we go to like the rest of society, uh, be they, you know, poor, poor white people living in a trailer park or, you know, people working two jobs, you know, at, at Walmart and the gas station, uh, who have you know I, thoughts and ideas that in our minds are clearly screwed up, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna defend a lot of those ideas any more than I'm gonna defend uh, you know the the fact that we should disrespect the police. I, I mean I'm I'm I, those are not um, you know things that I'm gonna stand up and defend. But I am gonna say I understand. Like I I, I, I I'm willing to listen and willing to try to grasp where those thoughts are coming from. And I, uh, my piece today and, and the, the posts I wrote over the weekend that got a lot of people talking on Facebook really try to get to the fact that we're not listening to each other at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we assume that the other side, you know, however we've drawn those sides, uh, is somehow deeply flawed. And that that may be true, but we're also deeply flawed in in many ways. And I, I just I'm a little bit freaked out of where we're going um, in the United States, particularly on, on the national level, uh, you know, with Trump, with Hillary Clinton, with, with the whole conversation we're having, because what we really have done more than anything else is shut down dialogue and shut down healthy conversation and tor- turned every, uh, you know, complex disagreement that we might have into a polarized kind of us versus them. And I-, I think it gives rise to not only the worst type of conversation, but also the worst type of leaders. I, mm-hmm. I-, I feel like the leaders we have on a national level are directly a reflection of how we've allowed our conversation to go. So I'm 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 not pretending that we're going to solve this. I'm not you know, I'm not pretending that like if we all just held hands, the world would be a better place. But I am saying that as Strong Towns advocates, part of the unique place we occupy in this national landscape is that we're not you know, we're seeing we're seeing to a degree both sides. Um, You know, we're in a sense like outside of this political machine. And we have to, in many ways, be the ones to bridge this gap. We, we, we have to be the ones uh, to be able to say, look, no, we can't. These people are right. The government's grown too big and out of touch, and we can't continue to spend this way. And then, mm-hmm. no, these people are right. Uh, this is not survival of the fittest. This is not like Darwin's nature, natural state. Uh, we have to look after each other and, and care for each other and do the right thing. So, you know, I I think we occupy that unique space and we have to be really vigilant in making sure that uh, we're not part of the problem, which I, I think is this dialogue.
1: Yeah, I've really valued that ever since I first started reading Strong Towns, that we have people on all areas of the political spectrum. And I think this is sometimes evidence in the fact that occasionally we get accused you know one day we'll get accused of oh you guys are just like a bunch of like big city people and you just want bike lanes everywhere right <laughs> and you want me to like walk to the bar every night and all you know breweries and stuff and then the next day we'll get accused of like well all you talk about is like small town finance issues and
0: right. you guys
1: are just like stuck in brainerd minnesota come on <laughs> well so I, know,
0: I get we the to you know
1: balance,
0: you know uh, all those it, things yeah, on one hand, we get the people saying you guys are part of Agenda 21 and you're, you know, part of the U.N. big government conspiracy. And then I get the other people saying, you know, you're just a like a Ron Paul anti-government, burn the place down uh, reactionary. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, yeah. you know, I we get that equally from both sides. And it's like, no, you, that is you reacting to buzzwords or, you know, uh, like the hint of buzzwords. It's It's a little bit why I've insisted on. And I know this has kind of annoyed people at times too, but insisted on like our own language um you know I,
1: yeah, no, I have to not using sprawl and density and things
0: yeah well I, I talk to people in my community uh in my family in, in, you know my conversations with people and and i have I have a lot of blue collar friends and a lot of wage earning people in my life, and I can't talk to them like a classic you know, big city liberal, I I can't use words like sprawl and density and, and smart growth. Um, On the other hand, you know, I talked, I have a lot of friends that are highly educated and very intelligent. And, you know, I, I can't talk to them uh, with, you know, the the kind of, uh, I was going to use the word crass, but but, you know, kind of coarse language that that other people use to describe the world around them. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've, I've kind of tried to adopt my own language. Like, here's how I can explain this in a way that the guy who was here last week, she, you know, fixing my sheetrock, totally gets. And, you know, the the person at the CNU, uh, you know, in the intellectual panel discussion totally gets. And I use the same language for both. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't you know, I don't speak up or dumb down for anybody. We, we're just having an American conversation
1: the the big point of this piece that you wrote that we need to be better listeners i think that that i 100 percent agree with that and i think also it's not just about listening it's also about having more opportunities to be exposed to different ideas and i think that the internet could provide a great way for that but also we often tend to you know we just read the Facebook posts from our friends, and we just choose the news site that you know leans in the direction we lean. Um, so I think continuing to challenge ourselves to expose ourselves to, to new ideas is important. And I know I sometimes think like, oh well, I have been exposed to many different ideas because you know I went to college and I've lived in big cities and I've seen diverse people, but then I often, you know, I also have realizations like, wow, I don't really know anyone closely who's in the military or things like that. And that's like a huge, that's a huge portion of the United States that I'm just not really familiar with. And then, you know, I'm sure you have plenty of friends who, you know, you yourself were in the military. Um, Right. Right. So I think we all need to like pursue those opportunities to learn from others.
0: David Brooks of the New York Times has been kind of hand wringing uh, over the last few months regarding Trump. And, and his his takeaway has been I need to meet more blue collar people like I, I need to get to. I, clearly, there's a whole part of America that I don't grasp. Mm-hmm. And for me, who I enjoy, David Brooks, I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, duh, <laughs> no, no kidding. You don't grasp them and it, it's it's really interesting because Seth zarin uh when I had him on the podcast, I don't know if he said this on the podcast or not, but we were talking about it, and he said he realized that there there were a lot of people that he knew he you know who have never met or don't have any friends or don't know anyone uh without a college education yeah. and that that that's just bizarre right that's like that's just crazy you you don't know anyone without a college education you have no friends who have not mm-hmm. been to college, and no they they haven't. Um, so it's, 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 to me, I I feel like the David Brooks thing is, um, a a little bit, a little bit patronizing and I'm sure he doesn't mean that way. I mean, I like David Brooks. I I like him a lot, but it's, you know, wow. Uh, I'm just getting to the point now where I'm realizing that I don't, I don't understand these people. I don't know enough blue collar people. and, And that's clearly a problem in my life. Yes. Yes. But, uh, like, I don't know, uh, I mean, I know more African-Americans today than I, I did 10 years ago, but 10 years ago, I didn't know a lot of African-Americans. Uh, that didn't mean that my ignorance of them was acceptable, that, you know, any any views I might have had would be acceptable, uh, or that I should go out spouting whatever I think, you know, despite my ignorance. Y- y- you... You know, and I think that's the dangerous spot that we're in. We don't really understand each other very well, Mm -hmm. Uh, yet we're very confident in our opinions about everybody else.
1: And I think, of course, it goes in the other direction too. people who have never met a Muslim person or don't know Hispanic immigrant, things like that.
0: There's no question. I mean, and, you know, this is this is kind of my point. The, the world is a really ugly place when we don't talk to each other and when we don't know each other. And, yeah, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the, that Sebastian younger book, uh, try, you know, tribe. Yeah. Is what it mm-hmm. And uh, gosh, it was so good. I mean, it was so uh, inspiring and there was so many things about it that, that you're just beautiful, but the downside of it, it was very evident for everybody to see is that we're very comfortable and in many ways we 're very wired to mm. uh, be part of our tribe and to feel most comfortable within our tribe mm-hmm. and While that can help us overcome things like PTSD and depression and what have you uh, there 's a reason why you know Western civilization in particular has tried to grow beyond tribalism and why we you know are, are so offended by Middle Eastern countries that, that still, you know, fall along tribal lines, uh, where they, they don't treat women, uh, you know, and, and, and others with the respect that we have come to take for granted here, uh, you know, there, there's a, there's a reason why we're, uh, repelled by tribes because tribalism is very ugly to others and mm-hmm. we live in this globalized world. To me, I, I feel like the way we get beyond this is to accept to a degree, that we we are tribal people. I mean, that, that is, it, in a sense, our makeup. But that our tribes will all be stronger when we listen and try to understand each other. And that's, okay, Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. Pope Francis uh, has said, one, one of my favorite quotes of Pope Francis goes something like, you know, the shepherd uh, must smell like their sheep. You know, if 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 you want to be a good shepherd, you you have to you have to you have to smell a little bit like your sheep. And I I look at the the leaders that we have now in, in our major political parties, and the people that they purport to represent, and they don't smell like their sheep, right? Yeah, they, they don't smell like their sheep at all. And to me, that is a byproduct of us being willing to. Um, to 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 not listen to our to to the to our other to the to others around us it really is
1: have you been doing any interesting reading or podcast listening lately
0: you know i i went through every one of the that podcast you recommended embedded oh
1: good okay yeah
0: those are those are really good i mean crazy good yeah yeah
1: they're fascinating stories that you'd like never find otherwise at least for me I've We're learned a lot about new, interesting topics.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was, it was the the drug one was eye opening to me. You know, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I have a, I, I was just going to say I have a long history with drugs and alcohol. I do. That makes it sound like I've, you know, gone through rehab many times. Mm-hmm. I have not, I, I've actually, uh, come from a family that has had some issues, but I myself have, have never, I don't even take Tylenol really. Um, not only mm-hmm. do I not drink and and have never drank, I just I don't. That was mm-hmm. like freaky for me. That was very eye opening, and it was a a really I think um, healthy and sobering look for me at what it's like to struggle with drug addiction. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially I, I, like the isolated community. Oh yeah, I mean I'm I'm guilty. We want to talk about we want to talk about not listening. Um, you know, I'm guilty of seeing uh, drug and alcohol abuse issues often as black and white. And, um, that, that was a really healthy one for me because it really showed the humanity behind, you know, some of these really difficult, difficult situations. Um, you know, I've been, I've been working so much. I I, I was actually going to write a piece today talking about my move. (laughs) Yeah, we really really haven't announced it. And I was going to let people know that I'm moving Um, But I've been working so much on that. I actually said to a friend of mine last week, um, I'm feeling like really messed up because I've not been reading as much. Uh, I've not been writing as much and I've not been taking the long walks that I find so helpful for my life because my spare moments have been like packing boxes and, you know, painting uh, sheetrock that was just hung and that kind of thing. And yeah, so... Actually this weekend I just got a silly fiction, like shoot 'em up kind of book and had listen-
1: silly for you though. I bet it's like <laughs> still a really intelligent
0: but No, it's actually it's not. It's not it is not really intelligent. I got a um a Brad Thor uh Oh, uh, my dad reads those,
1: yeah. They're they're
0: they're really they're really dumb actually. Um not dumb as it okay. I explained to my wife, I said, they're like a poor man's Tom Clancy, you know, because uh, <laughs> yeah. Tom Tom Clancy will have like entire chapters that talk about like the technical specifications of certain weapon systems. And oh my gosh. Th- this is like these Brad Thor books are basically like all the bravado and shoot 'em up, up um, without, you know, any hint of like intellectual uh, depth. So, yeah. Okay. so yeah it's it was just a let me let me just go out and rake in the yard and like get my mind cleared kind of Mm -hmm. reading so we we close on our house hopefully uh, a week from friday and hopefully that will help me get back into the pattern of of walking and reading and and all that again but then you have to move into the new house right yeah, but, but things will calm down then. I mean, really the rush right now is getting our house ready to go on the market. And the new house is like move in ready, you know, in a sense, Um, That's nice. we have a few things we are going to do, but nothing that's going to be huge. And we have all these friends that are going to help us move. So it's really the stress of paperwork now and coordinating all this stuff and getting, you know, getting this house ready to sell, which is the I mean, we're still picking up from the storm. So when I say I'm out raking, people probably think like I'm raking leaves. Oh, no, (laughs) I'm raking rocks and, uh, you know, and sticks out of my yard because I just spent the last three months, you know, the the last almost year, actually, but intensely the last three months cleaning up down trees, uh, stacking wood, cutting wood. uh tilling the yard, you know, dragging the yard and now I'm I'm raking the rocks out so I can plant grass seed. Um it's been just like brutal amount of work, but eh, it'll be done soon. Well
1: hope it all goes well and it's exciting news about the new house.
0: It is. I, I, I looked up um just for some perspective for listeners, uh I a few years ago I looked up walk scores and a couple of years ago and the walk score for my house at that time was like 4 or 5 the house i'm at now oh. and the neighborhood i'm moving in the walk scores were in like the 80s somewhere
1: oh that's um, awesome
0: yeah so i just looked up the walk score again my i i, I know they've refined the algorithm right like they've mm-hmm. done a lot to improve the way they they calculate walk score so my house today walk score Zero, which is actually very accurate. Yeah, it's just actually accurate. Um, There's one restaurant that we can walk across the golf course to get to. um, But otherwise, like nothing, nothing is within walking distance. I mean, zero. Like if you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've talked about how I could bike to the grocery store and back. It's it's 15 miles away. So it's we have a walk score of zero. The place I'm moving to, however, the walk score there only 45 and okay. it's not that it's not a walkable neighborhood. It really is a walkable neighborhood uh, with a lot of amenities. It's that the city of Brainerd um, does not have a lot of places to walk to. And there's mm-hmm. not, there's no grocery store nearby. There's a couple restaurants. Um, there's not a lot of stuff to walk to. So the challenge that I've got in my, you know, in my new neighborhood is not going to be, like, the layout and design. Like, it's physically wa- very walkable. Sidewalks, uh, you know, grid, the whole thing. It's, it's very nicely walkable. It's that we've shunned any mixed use, and I, I think that's mm-hmm. the big challenge now.
1: Yeah, that's they must have lowered their, or raised their standards, I guess, because I just looked my neighborhood up. My neighborhood is super walkable. I mean, schools, grocery stores, restaurants dry cleaners like you name it you can walk there but they they give my neighborhood an 86 so I don't know it gets like a 99 but probably Manhattan or something
0: yeah well I, I think that they have I mean I, I do think that th- what they've done is they become more sophisticated about uh the destination side of it you know mm-hmm. a- at least in my study of because I started looking around going okay well what what have they figured out and You know, I think before it was a very rough algorithm, like, okay, what's the distance between you and the next closest thing? But, you know, as as you know, there's much more to walkability than, you know, how far are you from a destination? Uh, You know, what do you have to cross? What's the street like getting there? What is that destination like? Um, You know, there's a there are a whole bunch of things.
1: So yeah, on that topic, one of our writers, Sarah Kobos, has a piece coming up on the site today that is about another aspect of walkability, the value of trees and foliage. So yeah, look and forward I, to that.
0: I don't know as the walk score has calculated that in yet, but, um, you know, I,
1: I'm on yeah. the site. That might be a little bit advanced for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm on the site now and it says, Okay. Your walk score, my walk score is 42 at my new house. Uh, For some reason, it has parks as like, you know, zero contributing when there's a park, like the major park is a block and a half (laughs) away. So something's not quite right yet. But like, you know, my um, it's rating schools high and uh, and groceries low, which is right. You know, those are right. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah I I don't know I think they've gotten better.
1: All right well we will close it up for today but uh thanks everyone for listening and have a great week.
0: Yeah thanks to all of our our new members too we really really appreciate it.
1: Definitely. Take care.
0: We need your help. If you think the Strong Towns message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at StrongTowns.org.